The Pokes Report podcast is sponsored by Stillwater Barber Company, located at 609 South Main Street, right here in Stillwater. Randall and Joe are serving up the best haircuts in town, which includes regular haircuts and skin and razor fades, as well as shaves and beard care and trims. The beard care includes a wonderful blend of beard balm, beard oil, and just a little bit of steam to bring it all together. And as always, shampoo and conditioners are two for $20, and I can vouch for the shampoo because that's what I've been using for the past several months. It's a wonderful tea tree oil shampoo paraben and sulfate free that leaves your hair and scalp squeaky clean and smelling great and as always you can find blue roaming around the shop so give them a call at 405-269-8590 or you can check them out at stillwaterbarber.co to book an appointment today welcome into the pope's report podcast zach lancaster here alongside brian murphy and, uh, boy, this is uh, right now at 11-11 on December, wish. December 20th is, like, the first time I've had a chance to breathe in, like, the last week and a half. Uh, it has been a flurry of commitments for Oklahoma State. Uh, several uh, several transfers, handful of high school kids. Uh, some were a surprise. Some were not a surprise. So, looking forward to uh, kind of diving into all of that uh, tomorrow, so I, I, I say tomorrow because I plan on getting this podcast up on Tuesday, uh, signing day, December 21st, Oklahoma State, I believe they are up to 21. Of all the things you have going on, it was really nice of Oklahoma State to schedule a basketball game at 2 o'clock today for you. It's convenient, right? Really convenient. Um, I will say this, the good thing is most of our stuff – Except for, I, I think we're waiting on stats on one guy. Yeah, uh, most of our stuff's done, so we're just uh, we're just kind of holding our breath mm-hmm. for for anything else that might come across. Um, I will say this though, um, we've talked about it. We've talked about it a lot the past two or three days, uh, certainly on Triple Play Sports. But uh, you know, just it, it's something that has been talked about. When you look at one, two, three, four, five, six, as of as of Tuesday, Oklahoma State holds six transfers. Um, you've got Dalton Cooper out of Texas State, Anthony Goodlow out of Tulsa, and Cooper's an offensive lineman. Goodlow's a defensive line, a defensive end, defensive lineman. Uh, Kenneth Harris, a corner out of Arkansas State. Deshaun Stribling, he's a receiver out of Washington State. Sean Tyler, the running back out of uh, Western Michigan. And then Justin Wright, the linebacker, out of Tulsa. Just and that's what like the the main thing that we've all seen on social media is. Well, I thought Mike Gundy didn't like the transfer portal. <laughs> you know what? He doesn't. He doesn't. He does not like. I would I would venture that there are more college coaches that don't like the transfer portal than there are college coaches that like the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of schools that benefit from getting transfers, but every school is at a disadvantage when it comes to losing transfers. So I would imagine that there's more college coaches that don't like it. However, that doesn't mean that Oklahoma State was never going to use it. Because it, that's, it, that's, Mike never came out and said, I don't like it, we're not going to use it. Mike knows, you know. And, yeah. and, and if you go back over the years, how many times has Mike, you know, he's played that game? You know, he's, he says what he thinks. But that doesn't necessarily mean that's what is absolutely going to happen, right? So the transfer portal is a quote unquote necessary evil, and at least I think I think as of yesterday, there's only one school that has more transfers. Now I haven't checked it this morning. Uh, Oklahoma State with uh, six, 
Is that was that right? I think it's seven. I think our number was seven. Who's the seventh? The mystery seventh. Um, one, two, three, four, five, six. Did I? Did we not? There's got to be someone that we didn't put on our. Uh, Noah McKinney. Yeah, yeah, I forget yeah. About no. Noah McKinney. I forget about Noah McKinney. He's a UNLV offensive lineman. A little that, bit of a project because he's only a redshirt freshman. I like it. Yeah, I like. I'm a, I'm a big fan of that. Um, I know Oklahoma State needs uh like immediate help on the offensive line, but you go out and you get a freshman who's going to be a redshirt freshman next year. He's uh he's a guy that's got good size and he isn't set in his ways yet. He's a guy that you can you can develop and he's a guy that you can plug in. So uh, there's your seven. So as of at least as of yesterday, and I'll check this here uh, as we go along. Um, the on three transfer portal showed that Arizona State was the only school that had more, and they have nine. Um, I think Oklahoma State used the transfer portal incredibly well. You know, have they gone out and landed four and five star transfers? No, but they've gone out and they've gotten talented and proven prospects, and I'm I'm looking forward to diving into them. Well, and you you start with. Justin Wright and Anthony Goodlow coming from Tulsa. They know what it's like to play against Oklahoma State. They know what the culture is all about over here. They probably have friends that are over here. So you're getting guys who are going to come in and that they are they're invested already. Um, uh, one of the cool things is that these guys get to get some of them or maybe all of them get to go to the bowl game. Uh, they're all able to, but that doesn't mean they all will. Will right, yeah. and uh, I think. We were saying Zane Flores is going to go as Lord as God. well. He's going to go check out the the quarterback room and see what that's all about. That's a that's going to be a, a neat deal. Gets to go watch his his competition in action uh, for the starting job. Um, Garrett Rangel and and go see how he and Gunner handle it. Um, so that that's going to be a cool deal. Any idea if any of you know a Spencer Sanders, somebody who's been on the team all year, any of those guys going to the game? Not that I know of. Yeah. No, I, I think um, when you, I, I think all the transfers that I think they're all I think they're all gone. Yeah. Now, I would I would imagine that there's always the chance that someone could pull out of the transfer portal, and if and depending on who it is, I think Mike and the the coaching staff would say, yeah, obviously you would help, you would benefit. Um, but I I would probably say no to Spencer. We haven't heard anything, but I would say no to Spencer. Um, certainly no to Mason Cobb, uh, committed to USC yep. last night. I would say no to him. Um, yeah, I, th- I think I would. I would think I would say no to everybody. So interesting on the way up here, I saw Thomas Harper yeah, I saw uh, with the hashtag Emos. So he may be maybe going. I mean, that's not anything official. Maybe he's going on a visit. Maybe he's you know that's that's kind of an interesting thing to just yeah. tweet out there. But if you're not going up there, but could be going to Kansas State. You, you know, like in this last week, and I know that um, Trace Ford's Trace Ford caught a lot of grief for going to OU, and I don't want to derail this podcast to where people are going. You know, people that are leaving here. This is a little bit more football recruiting um, for commits, signees. But I kind of just want it a little bit as as publicly my stance on um, on whether I'm rooting for. The, am I excited to see players? at their new destinations? No. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I'm not. Like, Spencer, I'll check. Okay, let's just say Penn State. If he goes to a Penn State, he goes to a Florida, he goes somewhere like that, I'll watch some of those games. But 
you know, and Spencer's a different. He's been here five years. He's done what we talked about this last time. He's done what he's going to do here at Oklahoma State. He needs to develop somewhere else. Um, some of these guys, no, like I'm not excited to see Thomas Harper at Kansas State. I'm not excited to see uh, to see what a cowboy does when they leave here. I just like I didn't get the. Uh, there was too much hate on Trace for taking a visit. It's a visit, taking a visit to OU. Not, I'm not thrilled about yeah. that. If he ended up there, I'm gonna root against him. Sorry, I'm. You know, count me out as the like man. I'm excited to see where these guys go, and mm-hmm. good luck to them in the future. No, I hope we beat you. I, <laughs> you know, to me, it's the it's the. I, I look at it the way I looked at Matt Holiday. I I am not a fan of the St. Louis Cardinals. I don't like the Cardinals. Right. One would venture to say that I really dislike yeah. the Cardinals. You're borderline hate. Hate's a strong word. It is a strong word. Yeah. But and this is the season of love. This <laughs> yeah, is the season of giving. Um, but I I always wanted the Cardinals to lose. But I wanted Matt to do well. Yeah. Like, Matt could hit three home runs in a 4-3 loss. Absolutely. There you go. And so, like, and, and I think I have got a different, I, I think I've got a different view on it simply because of, um, of my job compared to the average fan. Um, like I, it's unfortunate that Mason Cobb is leaving, but he's from Utah. I get that USC is not this defensive juggernaut. You know, I get that Lincoln Riley is not a defensive minded coach and Alex Grinch has struggled a little bit, but he's going to a market where he's going to make a lot of money. He's going to be very good. It's a hell of a lot closer to Utah than it is to Stillwater. Yeah. And I think he'll do really well. And it's a team, and, and yeah. I was talking to someone last night, it's a team that has a chance to make the playoffs in the next couple of years. you got the Heisman Trophy winner. You're going to return a lot of talent. You're going to bring in a lot of talent. I hope Mason does really well. Not necessarily USC do really well, but I hope Mason does really well. Trace is an interesting, because I, I grew up an Oklahoma State fan. Oh, hush. Siri. He's been, my watch has been going crazy lately. Um, Oh, Trace would be a different animal because I grew up an Oklahoma State fan, although I personally think he's – the announcement that he's closed his recruiting came immediately after a visit to USC. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a little interesting to me. But I, I uh, he grew up in Oklahoma City. You know, I, I get that he went to Oklahoma State. Trace did all he could at Oklahoma State. I understand that if he had come back, but you you've – torn your knee up twice, or both knees up, you know, mm-hmm. twice, once a piece. You you injure your knee this year. It's not structural, but you, you hurt your knee, season-ending uh, injury. You know, you kind of get soured on, you know, because you thought that you should have played more than you did, and, and I get it, you know. Um, Spencer is also a, a different animal for me because I I was hopeful that he would come back because he obviously brings a different level, but I, I yeah. never thought he would. Um so that one, that one's going to be interesting. But when you look at the guys that that Oklahoma State are bringing in, when you look at when you well, look at just before, tra- transfers, before we get off that, if Oklahoma State is not the Oklahoma City Dodgers, the AAA, the AAA farm club for the LA Dodgers that mm-hmm. Cody Bellinger and Walker Bueller, oh great man, it was good to see them in Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. Hey, go be great in LA. Yeah, Oklahoma State isn't, and and we and I think what you're seeing by Gundy going into the transfer portal and getting some of the better guys that are available out there is that he doesn't view us as a triple A and I don't we're think, not a triple A club and and the more that you know a, a Mason Cobb goes from Oklahoma State to LA to go 
quote, make more money is the more that Oklahoma State's a triple-A club, and that's what I'm not rooting for. Yeah, but I don't think that I, I don't think that's necessarily the case because you've got you've got guys that leave every single program. And when you look at when you look at the guys that left Oklahoma State this year that contributed versus the list of guys that didn't contribute, I think you're gonna I think that's just gonna be the case with the transfer portal moving forward. Because you look at last year, you lose Jarek, you lose uh, you lose Tanner McAllister you lose uh, Jaden Jernigan. You know, those are those are three guys that would have contributed, obviously. And I think you're going to, from here on out, I, until Oklahoma State has a lot of NIL money, that that's just going to be the case. But I look at Tulsa more so a AAA ball club than I would Oklahoma State. And I, I'm not trying to take shots at Tulsa, but when you look that at... That level. When you the look the at... group of five. Yeah, when you look at all the talent that's leaving Tulsa and where they're going... Most of those guys that left Tulsa, like the big names, like their center is is being recruited by some of the biggest programs in the country. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at that's how I look at it. Like it's unfortunate that OSU is getting transfers out, but I don't I don't agree with the sentiment that Oklahoma State's a, a triple A. Not just to use your analogy, a triple A, because there's that's been the discussion. You know, mm-hmm. Oklahoma State is just a stepping stone program, and I I don't think that's the case. I I think that is I think there's a problem with the portal that you can leave and go get more money. But I don't. It, it it's kind of. I mean, it's. I'm, I feel like I'm kind of talking out of both sides of my mouth. But I don't. I don't really view it as a. It. It's interesting, but I think it's always going to be there for every program. Yeah. Because it happens at Kansas State. It happens at TC. I mean, it happens everywhere. So, uh, it, it'll be interesting. I'm not really sure how to handle it. I, I think the NCAA is going to have to make changes. Um, they do, and they just the, got a new spring. president. That needs to be his. That needs to be number one yeah. on the list. Like they made changes last year to enter the to open up this transfer window, I think you're probably going to have to adjust the transfer window. Um, I think you're going to have to adjust, you know, why you leave. Because there's guys that are on their third, fourth, fifth school, you know, and and I get that there's only been two years of, like, open range. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think you're going to have to figure something out. You're going to have to fix something. So I'm not really sure how to look at all that. But uh, who do you want to look at first? Well, let's start with Zane. I mean, you have to start with the quarterback of of the class, uh, Zane had one heck of a year in Nebraska and did an even better defense after the year of saying no to Nebraska coming calling mm-hmm. whenever they got uh, their new coach and uh, Matt Rule. You know, that he was in, and, and that is Matt Rule has to make that call. Mm-hmm. You have to go try to get the quarterback in state that is the Nebraska player of the year um, for high school and. You know, Zane said thanks, but no thanks. Um, and he's going to be here early. Um, I've got th- his numbers g- if you want them. Yes, bring them. Uh, so he uh, two thirty five at three fifty nine, so sixty five percent. He had three thousand one hundred and seventeen yards, thirty one touchdowns to just seven picks. He also had seven carries for two hundred and sixty two yards, ten touchdowns. So, hold on, seven for how many? 79. Oh, 79. Yeah, 79. 7 for 600. Yeah. Seven, I was seven, excited. 7 for 262. You know, he's he's really <laughs> blown it out there. Yeah, no, 79. That's my fault. Uh, 79 for 262 and 10 touchdowns. He was the uh, the Gator, or not the Gatorade, the Max Preps, Nebraska Football Player of the Year. He's a, a first-team All-State last year, All-Metro last year. Uh, he's also a Super State first team, which I would imagine is an, a, a pretty big uh, deal for Nebraska. Obviously, he made it to the lead 11 and was just outside of the 11. like number 12. Yeah, 12, 13, something like that. Uh, Elite 11 award for accuracy. So you're getting you're getting someone that has played. I get that he doesn't play the highest level in Texas, 
but he's played the high. He's played the highest level in Nebraska. All you have to do is watch his tape. I'm, I'm not. I'm not sitting here and saying that Zane Flores is going to be a Heisman Trophy winner. Or that he's going to go out and throw for thirteen thousand yards during his career at Oklahoma State. But when you look at his tape, the measurables are there. He's six three, almost two hundred. His arm strength is there. His accuracy is there. His knowledge of football and and his the wherewithal to to make you know difficult passes is there. You look at what he's done throughout his career. He's thirty and four in three seasons. Seven hundred. He's uh, seven twenty four of one thousand eighty five passes. Uh, let's see, eighty eighty two touchdowns to twenty four picks and almost ninety two hundred yards. So I mean the numbers are there. So I think that you know it's kind of like we talked about. I think that you've got. You've got your quarterback right now, right? Garrett Rangel is the quarterback of the future. Flores comes in. He's going to go to the bowl game. He's going to watch practice. He's going to enjoy all that. He's going to go through winter workouts. He's going to go through spring football. He's going to go through fall camp. He's going to go through the season. And then you get to spring football in 2024. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Give him a year. And we just look back to Wes Lunt. A freshman can come in and win it. Sure. You know, absolutely, sure. a freshman can come in and win this thing. And uh, I think that he is a good enough passer. The two the, the two things I love, he is a good enough passer to come in and win the job. He and Garrett Rangel are kind of the same mm-hmm. style quarterback, so you don't have two different offenses. You've got two guys competing for the same playbook, the same offense, with with the same reads, that are that that play the same style, so that this to me this offense is best. I've said this forever. This offense is best when you have a pro style quarterback. Yeah. I know that we're still gonna run. We're still gonna run the quarterback, and I'm still gonna curse it every time I see it because you're just getting a guy hit unnecessarily. That's my point on it. But uh, you know, these guys are gonna come in. I think it's. I think 2023 is gonna be a heck of a quarterback battle. I don't. I don't think it'll be. A, I, I think that. I think Zane will push Garrett. Yeah. But I don't think it'll be a genuine battle. Just just because he needs to get it figured out. Um but that but I'm but that also doesn't mean that Garrett is gonna go out there and and throw for four thousand yards. Like Garrett is still coming along. Garrett is still mm-hmm. learning. He's been in two he's been in two situations against two teams that weren't very good. Now he did well in those two games. Now one was a forty degree day with pouring down rain and it was just highly unfortunate and you're missing starters and the offensive line is really struggling and all that. But he he played really well against Kansas. So he he's gonna have a big learning curve. There's no question. But I think because of this season, uh, because of his experience, I think that puts him up. Again, I you know, I'm I I guess I'm not gonna sit here and say that Zane cannot compete because he'll compete for the starting job. I mean, they're not bringing him in to just sit on the bench. But I, I think that as a true freshman, I think you'll see him. I think you'll see him play behind Garrett unless something crazy happens in in one way or the other. So uh, uh, it, it'll be fun, though. That's no question. Kudos to Tim Rattay, uh Coach Gundy, Tim Rattay, Casey Dunn. Yeah, and the highest rated player in you know on on the Pokes Report website. Where do y'all get your ratings from? Us. You rate him, okay? We, and, so, and, I mean, it's it just. But I think across the board, he's the highest rated. He is. He yeah. is. I mean, but like, yeah, it, it's our ratings. But when you look at, you know, like Robert has watched an insane amount of film throughout his life. He's watched a lot of really good football, and, and I I get that every now and then he gets the you know he gets the moniker of Mister Sunshine Pumper and Mister Orange Colored Glasses, and he is optimi- He is incredibly optimistic. 
But when he goes through these rankings and he he bases it all on watching film, he watches yep. you know he looks at the stats and it, it is rather unbiased when when going through that. So well, and you can see that because of the amount of three stars. If everything he had was up there as a four star, and they're not very highly ranked three stars either. No, some yeah, some some of them are not. I mean, you have, but I think you look 90, at a, I think ninety is the cutoff for a, for a four star. Okay. So there's, I mean, there's a handful of eights, but there's a lot of eighty sevens. There's a lot of eighty sixes. You know, so I mean, it's not. It's not like they're all 88s and 89s either. Yeah. Well, and but uh, Jacoby Sanders sure. could easily be ranked higher than a three-star with the nickname Mr. Pancake. He's good, too. You know. He's good. Um, he, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how they develop him. Shout out IHOP for a NIL deal for yeah, him. He's gotten a lot uh, better. But Isaiah, Isaiah Kima, he, he committed this week. That is an interesting scenario. Yeah. He's been very good. Uh, let's see. It's friend, Friendship High School, F-R-E-N. Yeah, friendship, not friend. Friendship yeah, High friendship. School uh, from Wolferf, Wolforth. I can't, I, can, yep. I can't say it. Yep. Wolforth, uh, just outside of Lubbock. Very good. He's a very, very good prospect. He's not going to be here. He's nope. gonna, he's gonna sign tomorrow, and then he's gonna go on a two year. Uh, he's gonna go on a two year mission. He's uh, he's Mormon. He's Latter Day Saint, mm-hmm. so he's gonna go on his LSD uh, LDS mission, not an LSD, not an LSD mission. Not an LSD. There's been it's some L- two year benders on that. An LDS uh, mission. So, yeah. but he's he's a that's an interesting guy right there. Uh, looking forward to him. The guy that came across, I, I think most people know. Like most people know who these guys have been. They've been committed for a while. Like Cameron Hurd, mm-hmm. that's a guy that I think kind of as good as he is. That's a guy I think that kind of flies under the radar. Well, he's a wide receiver for us, but didn't he play quarterback for the most quarterback, part? Quarterback, running back, make playoffs. Yeah. You know, so on a on a little bit of a rough squad there in Houston. Yeah. But super athletic. That's a guy that kind of flies under the radar a little bit. Uh, same with Pawasa Utu. Pawasa Utu is going to be a nightmare. He that guy is real, and same with uh, like Puasa Utu is going to be really good. Um, Gage Danilin is going to be an interesting prospect. He's the, the offensive lineman out of Jim Ned in Tuscola. Um, he's a late commit, but he looks good when you watch his film. I know mean, he's not ranked very highly. Didn't hold a lot of offers. I think Abilene Christian, La Tech, Navy, New Mexico State. So it wasn't like he held a, an insane amount of offers. But when you look at his tape, he looks really good. I, th- I think the guy that I'm most excited about. I mean, you look at uh, you know Taiwan Ray. We were talking about that before the before the podcast. That's an interesting guy, six three, close to two hundred. Very late bloomer, very under the radar, but he looks really good. And I, I think that's a guy that Oklahoma State can really develop. And I'm he's not an immediate impact player, but he's a guy that could be good eventually. To me, the the non-transfer, the high school JUCO player that I think I'm most excited about now is Ladarius Webb, mm-hmm. corner out of uh, ja- or, uh, he's out of Jackson, Mississippi, but it's Jones College. He is good, and you saw his picture with Rob Glass. He looks. Do the you part. think in the end of January he would stand next to Rob with that same smile? Uh, probably not. That no. was a cheese and smile. Like he was big. Probably not. Big smile next to the guy who's gonna yeah. punish him. Yeah. What about Cam not. Franklin? Cam, I'm excited about Cam Franklin. Cam Franklin is a – and what's fun about that is when you look at – just go throughout all of the – go throughout all the prospects that Oklahoma State has brought in over the years when you look at defensive backs, whether it's a corner or whether it's a safety, and look at all the good ones that have come out of Louisiana. Mm-hmm. And Cam Franklin fits that mold. He's six three. He's two hundred pounds. 
had 120 tackles this year, 45 tackles for loss, six safeties, three interceptions, six fumble recoveries this year. He's, he's incredible. Um, he's incredibly athletic. He's he's big. He picked Oklahoma State over Louisiana, Mississippi, Arkansas, LSU, Mississippi State, SMU, TCU, and Tennessee. And that's a guy a lot of people were worried about losing. Um, I think he – I'm trying to remember if he took a trip to TCU or if it was – I know there were schools in on him late, and there were a lot of people that got worried that he was going to flip and go to uh, – you know, flip his commitment to somewhere else, and he held on. Um, you know, he, he held through it, and that's a guy I don't know about – I don't know about this year when it comes to making an impact, but he's a guy that very well could be like a Cam Smith. You're looking at a, a redshirt freshman and Cam Smith. That's they're very similar in body types. Cam Smith, six two, six three, two hundred ish pounds either direction. Same with Cam Franklin. Now well, Cam Smith just now slides into the starting. That's why he's I'm, a starter. Yeah, as of out of necessity. It, yeah, but when he was on the field, when they when they moved Jabbar in and they brought Cam Smith out there, he played well. So I think that's a that that's kind of a similar situation there. So uh, excited about uh, Cam Franklin as well. Who else? We uh, Jayden, got a few Jayden more Foreman. Jaden Foreman is an interesting character, and I don't mean that in like, oh, he's a crazy person. No, um, when you look at when you look at his numbers from this year, they don't exactly pop, but he's a guy that it, it has a lot of talent. He's six three, six four, two fifty. Um, He's uh, all suburban conference, first team coaches. He's uh, uh, a Vite Mr. Football Oklahoma top 100. I'd imagine he's probably towards the top of that list. He's also an uh, all suburban conference basketball player. He had 45 tackles this year, six and a half sacks. He had six catches for 92 yards and a touchdown. He would have had seven receptions and over 100 yards and another touchdown. But the one I recorded on my phone got wiped off because of a hold. I was a little disappointed. That had been the highlight of my video. But. He's uh, he's very athletic. He's very versatile. But I, he's a guy that's going to need like he he's a guy that Oklahoma State is going to be able to develop. There, he's he's not raw, but when you watch his tape, you you know you, you can see the potential. He's not in, he's not finely polished yet. Yeah. And and Oklahoma State is going to do that. Well, and speaking of that, Taiwan Ray just our probably our newest commit. Uh, I don't think I have yesterday. Him. He, he I don't think I have him on my list. Is how new he is. <laughs> I don't. I don't think I ha- we have his stats yet. But as as has you know, Robert has mentioned, and you've talked about it that yeah, as a late bloomer as there is, yeah, no question. And and a lot of those guys sometimes are are just young. You know, they're just they're they're younger, or you know, maybe last year. They were. Uh, he only had 18 tackles last year, and then this year has 70. Yeah, that says that he was behind a guy who was only one year ahead of him. A lot of these guys get their names on national lists when they're juniors because they're starting as a junior. What are you going to do if if the guy in front of you is a senior? And who knows if the guy that started in front of Taiwan is uh, had went anywhere? He also had five picks this year. Yeah. So, ball hawk, um, that says that he's always around the ball, whether it's yeah. in the air, whether it's on the ground, uh, whenever you're – also kind of, you know, similar to uh, Cameron Hurd, I don't think his team did very well this year. No, I think And if they your safety were... is making 70 tackles, that probably means that the run game is getting a little far into the uh... – I thought Robert had put his – I don't think they did all that well. Yeah. I don't want to say, like, they were horrible, but I, w- I thought it was – 
right around 500, but I, I could be wrong. I'll look at that. But um, and, and then you look at his athleticism, and this is kind of like a, I don't know if Robert got these off a huddle or where or if it was on Twitter or something. Um, but his measurables look good. He's he four four three, uh, thirty nine inch vertical, three hundred fifteen pound bench max, a five hundred pound max in the squat. So I mean, he's a guy that oh, it was off his Twitter. He had uh, was it on Twitter? Yeah, he had videos of him doing all each one of those. But uh, that's that's a lot of weight. And and that's a Derek. That's a Derek Mason. This is a connection that made that Derek had. You know when he was at Auburn. You know and and that's it. it and if you if it matters to people out there. He's a National Honor Society student, so he's incredibly intelligent. Yeah, I'm good. His, with, I'm uh, good with a smart safety. His dad's an engineer. His mom's a scientist. So I mean, yeah, it it comes from a, comes from a good family, and he looks he looks really good too. You look at his if you look at the he looks physical. He looks built. You get him in a weight room, and he'll look really good this time next year. So yeah. uh, that's that's an interesting one right there. So really looking forward to seeing how that plays out. Um, Let's answer. We we got uh, three. Is that right? I think there's three questions. Sweet or uh, four. We've got four. It's all in. It's all in one tweet. So I don't okay. want to make it uh, to be transparent. I don't want to act like we got all this. Uh, it's Chris McGee, uh, Levin on Twitter. Uh, biggest a uh, couple of questions here. Biggest surprise get for OSU. I would probably it would have to be a transfer, and I don't know if there's like the biggest. You know, but I I think I would I would look at guys like Deshaun Stribling. That's a I mean, if you listen to this podcast, that's a guy you and I were both high on. Yeah, very. They get him. He looks really good. He's got stats. He led the Pac-12 in several statistics the past couple of years. So that's I, to me. I think I would put that one up there. Um, Anthony Goodlow and Justin Wright. I don't know if those are like the biggest surprises, but I think those are two very big gets that come in and make an immediate impact. Same with dribbling; those three guys should make an immediate impact. Um, Ladarius Webb is that for me? And, and we don't normally. Absolutely, you don't normally. Oklahoma State doesn't normally get all American uh, guys out of Mississippi. Those guys go SEC. Yeah, and he, but he's coming here and is excited to come here. And I'll and I'll temper it a little bit. Um, Xavier Benson was an All American JUCO, and and you look at his numbers; it looked good, but he struggled at times this year, and you know he he really had to figure it out as he went along. Now. Obviously, you have you would have to have a lot of hope for next year that that he's going to be even better, and that's that's pretty much what a JUCO guy does. You know, it's going to take him about a year to figure it all out. I think that would be Webb. I would imagine with with the way he looks, with the numbers that he put up, I would imagine that he plays. And I don't know if he makes like an immediate big time impact guy, but he looks good. So I'm I, I'm I'm with you on that as well. Uh, disappointing miss for OSU. For me, Savion Washington. Yeah, exactly. Commits to Washington, or uh, excuse me, Colorado. commits to Colorado yesterday. Who was the other one that committed to Colorado a couple weeks ago? There was somebody else that. that uh, yeah. Um, sorry to put you on the spot. No, you're fine. One. But yeah, Savion six something. eight. While you think about that, six eight. <laughs> I mean, like six eight three seventy. You know, yeah. I don't know what he is, but he's a monster of a man, and uh, that's gonna that is gonna be a big one um, for. Coach Deion Sanders. I'm not calling him Coach Prime. Coach Prime. No, there's an OSU podcast. I'm coming. Um, let me see. Uh, Taj McCoy. That's that's the Taj McCoy. That's out of, out of Putnam City. Yep. That's a that's an interesting one there. Well, and that one was because he committed to them right after his official here. Fairly, yeah, yeah fairly I mean, soon after. So that's that's an interesting one there. Uh, anything to keep an eye out on for Wednesday? Mm. Um, mm. see, I. 
I would say yes, but transfers are different than high school kids. I I don't know if you're if I don't know if there's going to be too many high school kids out there or JUCO kids. Um, I would say keep an eye out on, on uh, Amon Oates. I think it's Amon mm-hmm. Amon Oates from NEO. That's a guy I would uh, Oklahoma State. They're pushing hard to get him. I yeah. would keep an eye on him. Um, and I say that transfers are different because they don't have to sign tomorrow. They have till the middle of January. Well, and there's no signing Correct. for them. It's, it's enrolling show and showing up for class. Talk about nerve wracking for I a would, coach. I would look at um, the two. I would look at there would obviously be Brennan Armstrong. The uh, the transfer quarterback from Virginia, Oklahoma State, they're pushing hard to get because, and I I kind of understand where people you know you look at his numbers and it's not like they're incredible they don't pop off the page. Oklahoma State was never going to go out and get a guy that has two plus years of experience or uh, eligibility left. Um, you look at no, a guy, you're, the guys that are in absolutely. the room right now are too young, you too need, good. You need a stopgap quarterback. You need a guy that's got one year, like two at the absolute max and even then I think that would be a bit of a stretch mm-hmm. um, but you've got Garrett you've got Garrett Rangel you've bringing in Zane Floors so it, I would look at Brennan Armstrong for Virginia and then I would look at uh, Cole Taylor the LSU tight end transfer those, those would be the two that I would keep an eye on but not for signing day because it's just whenever they show up but also say keep an eye on the what was the Tulsa safety the other guy mm-hmm. uh, Arkansas and OSU is but I think is who I've heard it's down uh boy, you would. I did. Uh Kendarian Ray. Yep. I would look at Kendarian Ray as well. Those are yep. those are three guys uh out of the transfer portal. Transfer portal. Those are those are three guys out of the portal that I would that I would watch as well. Um and then any player and or key position uh position key in February National Signing Day. I can't answer that right now simply based on transfer portal. Yeah. Once I, I think well, coming and going because after the bowl game, I, I there think, could be um, not another wave. I don't think, but you know, of, of people leaving, probably not big time. Maybe names. A, a name or two goes. Yeah, in. the the guy the the traditional transfers, the guys that the guys that you typically see leave into December, early January, guys that want an want to play somewhere that probably aren't going to get a chance, and um, so I would, I I would wait until. I'd wait until January. We'll yep. we'll we'll answer that key positions or players. I could see I January. could see running back. I could see a high school running back. We don't have and we we skipped over Sean Tyler talking about yeah, him, yeah, 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 yeah. him coming. Couple couple uh, he had a thousand yards at least this year. Did he and last year. and last year two two one, one thousand yard and I think um, it's twenty six touchdowns over the it's either twenty four or twenty six touchdowns in the two years and I think the two years combined averaged. More than six yards a carry. In watching his little highlight tape, I think I sent it to you whenever he committed. Uh, he reminds me a lot of Dantrell Savage back in the day. Five uh, nine, uh, a little bit smaller, uh, back shiftier. I, I'm not going to put him Kendall Hunter uh, shiftiness, but or or even Justice Hill. But reminds me a lot of Dantrell Savage. Yeah, absolutely. So, and, and I think once you once you get out of signing day, once you get to once we get to the middle of January, when you get to the when you get to when the transfer portal window closes, that that's when that's when we'll have an answer for are they going to bring in any key players or positions in the February signing period because they're going to try to get all their guys uh, out of the, obviously I think I think ninety nine percent of the high school kids that they're going to sign in the twenty three class 
are going to be signed in December. They could bring in a few, um, but it, it would probably be like your Sioniasis, guys that are coming back from from missions and stuff like that, or or uh, like a JUCO guy that they could bring in in twenty three or in uh, in February. But there's a kicker. There is one kicker out there. I've, I've just heard uh, little rumors. Huh? Nothing substantiated. Kylian Mbappe. Mbappe might be That's available from France. That's a fun name. From France, from the World Cup, oh, that yeah. just you know, yeah, scored through hat trick. Hey, World Cup. We, you didn't watch. I, you didn't watch it. Sunday morning. I didn't watch you were not a watching. single okay. minute. That was a fantastic game. I heard, Anyways, it, was, I heard it was really good. I just heard it transfer portal kind of yeah. guy. Um, that's going to do it for this episode of the Post Shore Podcast. Um, obviously, we got signing day tomorrow, so there's a lot that's going to be happening. Uh, there's a chance, depending on what happens, we could record something later in the week, maybe over Zoom or something. Um, or early next week because tomorrow's just going to be. A if there's nightmare. something big that happens that we didn't talk about today, That's right. yeah, we will. And we, I can't go out of here without mentioning Hunter Cock coming in from Australia. Cack? Nope. <laughs> I think that's how they're. I think that's how they're going to pronounce it. They can. I think that's it's not I, how he pronounces I think, it. I think that's how OSU will uh, officially promote Hudson Cack. Can't wait to have him here. <laughs> I saw another Aust- another Aussie pun here. There you go. Oklahoma State, man. They got a lot of Aussies. So that's going to do it for the Pokesport Podcast. You can check us out at pokesreport.com. That's going to do it. We'll talk to you next time here. I say that a lot, right? Pokesport. You can catch yeah. us on uh, pokesport.com.